Hello and welcome to the Work Joy Jam podcast. On this episode, we're joined by the marvellous Sadia Salam and we're talking about how you can get yourself unstuck and that be, might be you're stuck with a project or you're stuck with yourself and your career thinking about where to go to and that you might be in that stage where you're sitting in that real uncomfortableness where you don't quite know what to do or where to go to and Sadia has some fantastic advice based on her personal experience and her work with many people as a coach uh, thinking about how can you start talking about what it is that you need to get unstuck from because by talking about it you're giving it some energy you're giving it the possibility of moving into something more like action and action is where you really do get unstuck so something small something that you can actually take forward I had a fantastic time talking to Sadia. I will give you a warning and the warning is at the end of the episode like me you will probably feel quite hungry because we do end up talking about food quite a lot I hope you enjoy this episode Hello and welcome to the Work Joy Jam. Today we have the fabulous Sadia Salam joining us, and I'm really pleased to have her here and to get into our Work Joy conversation to find out what gives Sadia Work Joy and get her advice and guidance on what you can do to get more Work Joy in your life. Now I'm going to let Sadia introduce herself. So, Sadia, tell us a little bit about you, what you do, and your story. Oh, thank you. And thank you for having me. So I was born in Cardiff. Um, I'm Bangladeshi origin. So my parents were both born in Bangladesh and came over in the 60s um, and landed in Wales, which was great. And I have two sisters and grew up in Wales the whole time and lost my accent. Just in case you're wondering, I lost it when I went to secondary school and it never came back, which is a bit of a shame. Um, and I then had the conversation with my parents, as, as many people do in, in those days, as to whether I was going to do medicine, accountancy or law. <laughs> and, you know, over cornflakes one morning and I chose law. So I was a reluctant lawyer at the beginning. But I must say, I then went into law. I became a corporate lawyer and did that for 20 years. And I must admit, I actually did love it. Um, it was a great part of my journey. And now I am a coach and an inclusion facilitator. And when I, I left the law a couple of years ago and um, to set up my business as a, a coach and um, inclusion facilitator, and I hadn't realised when I did it why I was doing it. But it all became very clear when I started coaching all the amazing women that I've coached over the last couple of years. And there's a common theme that came up, um, and that was a the theme of being stuck and if I look back at my 20 years, I, I had real moments of feeling stuck and, yeah. you know, stuck when I left um, my law firm in the city to go and work for a company to go in house, stuck when I had that big transition to that kind of the head of legal role and stuck when I decided I, even after all those years, I didn't want to do the law anymore. And you have those feelings of stuck. And each time I always felt there was something wrong with me. Um, and then I learned through coaching that actually it was just a sign I wanted to grow. And just, yeah. you know, you know, when like you're, when, you know, we know, don't we? When you're hungry, you eat something. When you're thirsty, you drink something. And actually, when you're stuck, you need to grow. 
and I took a while to work that out. And now I've worked it out. It's my kind of mission to really help all those amazing women out there when they have those feelings of stuck to know that that's a sign of growth and to help them grow. And I get to spend each day doing that, which is wonderful. And then as an inclusion facilitator, I a big part of the work I do with diverse, diversity and inclusion is to really help organisations attract and retain and promote their diverse talent, which I'm really passionate about. Um, and that, that's me now. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I've, I've got images in my head of you sat around a table eating cornflakes, deciding to be a lawyer and just making it happen from there. Um, I love it. It's, it's, and it's such an interesting thing of, you know, deciding to do it and then spending 20 years in that career before moving on and thinking about what's next for you. One thing I'm really interested about is this idea of being stuck. And I think from people I talk to, from people I coach, from all of the clients I work with, that moment of being stuck often feels like awkward and horrible and really not knowing what you're supposed to do with it. And I love your thing that it's just if you can see it as a sign you need to grow or do something versus a negative, you can actually use that stuck feeling to make good things happen. Absolutely. And because if we don't, if we just sit in that, as you say, that uncomfortableness, we go internal, don't we? And we just make everything uncomfortable. We make everything wrong. And we come up with a thousand reasons not to do something because we're stuck. It's like that, yeah. that sinking mud. We just keep going down and down and down unless we grab onto something. Definitely. And that idea of like you're wading through treacle, trying to work out what's wrong or trying to justify why you feel like that or trying to find a reason to blame yourself or blame someone else as to why you feel like that when actually it can be used for good so what I'm interested let's let's head down this road because I think it's a great thing to consider is when you say the word stuck it doesn't come to me as something joyful so I'm thinking oh how does how does being stuck and working through that relate to getting some work joy and I'd love to know now it's your special reason it's your kind of mission for being it's what you work on with people is how did you get yourself unstuck and find some of the work joy you were looking for and find that growth and find the thing you needed to do and how do you then relate that to helping other people sure so when you have that feeling of stuck I was lucky each time I had that feeling of stuck without really understanding what it was is that you I reached out to people so I reached right. the people that could help me, a mentor, a coach. And each time the question was always the same. What, what do you enjoy? What makes you happy? Yeah. Only what you're not happy with. And when you're stuck, you spend a lot of time shouting about what's not working. And then you need, and I needed somebody else to say, well, what do you want? What makes you happy? What brings you joy? And by doing that, by focusing on joy, and in particular work joy, you know, what do I enjoy in the work environment? That really helped me. So what helped me when I was going for partnership um, in my law firm, and I, it was just, I, I did not enjoy that process. And I felt stuck. And that's because it wasn't right for me. You know, it was right for me to move in house. And I looked at what I enjoy. And I just loved talking to the business, getting to know a business, really getting my teeth into how that business works, which I couldn't do as a 
private practice lawyer because you had so many different clients you'd get to know that client mm. onto another client but there I really and then I had the call um you know it's fortuitous I had that call saying do you want to come for an interview for the role at um at the company that I worked for and I said definitely and I went for it and in that interview I remember the interview so well they just one of the questions from this very senior person was what makes you happy um, and I loved that question. And I talked about food. I talked about walking um, in the mountains. And I immediately lit up and I thought, gosh, I just want, I don't, I don't really care what the role is. If you ask me <laughs> happy and you really want to hear what makes me happy and we're going to have a whole interview on what makes me happy, I'm joining you. Because yeah. you clearly prioritise joy and happiness. And actually, that's what I want to do each day as well great it's so interesting isn't it that that one question tells you that that isn't an organization you and a person you want to work with because it says something doesn't it it really does and I wasn't expecting it at all because this guy was American he was quite you know I was not expecting that question I was expecting it all to be about the law and it wasn't yeah isn't that interesting as well so it's nothing to do with the job nothing to do with anything in the corporate world it's it's the question of wanting to know a bit more about you as a real person as a real human yeah Mm, I kind of feel like going walking in the mountains now you've inspired me I need to get some time out in the countryside yeah Um, well (laughs) oh yeah that would be good um I think what you're talking about here is so, so the moment you know and you understand yourself and you're able to say and know what makes you happy I think, and I might be wrong here, but I think sometimes when you're in that zone of feeling stuck or feeling a bit, I call it like the nego spiral where one thing is wrong and it just makes everything else feel wrong. So no one can make you happy. Nothing you do seems to kind of fix you or put you in the right place. Sometimes it can be really hard to know what makes you happy. And I'd be interested to know from you, how do you recognize in yourself those things that do give you joy and that do make you happy? How do you know what they are? Such a good question. And it's really hard when you're feeling stuck because you're right, your body tenses. You've got a really tense body when you feel step, when you feel stuck. But for me, I have to step out of that. So I have to make the environment somewhere where I'll relax. So going for a walk with tree yeah. green really helps me. Um, I have to take me out of that kind of tense environment. But I, I notice myself, for me, I notice a real lightness. I, I notice, a, I smile. I smile, really big smile, not just like a little smile, a huge smile. I can feel myself smiling and a real... Like a whole face light up your eyes. Yeah. Smile. Yeah. And I feel so much lighter. I just feel lighter. My shoulders aren't heavy. I can... you know you almost feel some heat coming up you you know that feeling of just lightness and happiness and it's almost as if you want to just keep walking I just want to keep walking I don't want to sit down have a rest I just want to keep walking that's my sign that lightness is my sign that I really am enjoying something and sometimes I don't necessarily notice it at that moment I notice it afterwards Um, yeah But also, you know, being aware, you know, asking yourself, you know, try and notice these things. Try and notice when you're feeling joy, when you're feeling happy, because you can just go from one thing to the other to the other. 
So you need to make time in your day where even if you're just drinking your first coffee in the morning or your last glass of water before you go to bed to think about how you felt that day. Yeah. That's a really good point is that I I also think that because our brains are so wired for negativity and for understanding the challenge and, and, and that side of things, it's so easy to remember something negative that you felt in a day and so hard to actually recall all the moments of joy that are just tiny little things that happen that do make you smile or do make you happy or give you that sense of accomplishment or achievement or whatever it is that gives you joy. It's much harder to recognise them if you don't spend a little bit of time thinking about it. I agree. And it's nice thinking about it. You, you kind of make those happy moments last a little longer. Yeah. It's a bonus. And Yeah. And one thing um, I talk about at Work Joy quite a lot is this idea that Work Joy isn't about being 100% happy, joyful all the time. Because we live in a world of reality and there are always going to be some of the things that don't give you work joy. There's always going to be a difficult conversation to have or something that hasn't worked out, something that you've failed in, something that brought you down. There are so many things that can be unjoyful. So it's not about, for for me or for us overall, actually really trying to do this 100% of the time. It's about working on what you already have and understanding what you already have in joy and cultivating more opportunities to do that, getting the right environment for you to do that, having the right conversations with the right people. And I think one of the things that struck me is your, when you said, you know, what I do to get unstuck is the first thing you did was to reach out to someone to help you. And in some ways, people find that really hard to do. We often think everyone else is too busy. I don't have an official mentor or an official coach and I don't know what to do. So I'll just try and fix all these problems myself because I must be the only one who feels like this. I must be the only one who's struggling. I must be the only one who's stuck. Yet actually, when we reach out is often where we get our best inspiration. Absolutely. And I'm I just thinking here about when you reached out, obviously, you talk about mentors and coaches. And I think that mentors and coaches can exist without the official title. They're people who give you what you need at that moment in time. And they can be pretty much anyone. They could be somebody you've worked with before. They could be somebody, um, they could be a boss or a friend or a family member even. Just somebody who gets you and can maybe kind of nudge you in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Because as soon as you start talking about something, it's no longer inside you being used by your your negative inner voice that grabs hold of it and makes it into something that it's not. So as soon as yeah. you say it out loud, you've got that whoever it is saying, oh, that's OK. Why don't you speak to so and so? Or, oh, actually, I felt like that, too, which is the nicest thing to hear, because it's you don't feel as if you're on your own and you don't feel as if there's something just wrong with you. Yeah. Um, so the power, I agree, the power of just talking about it to anyone is a great start. And that's what got me out of my stuckness each time. And I spoke to different people and you're right. The first time I spoke to someone it, that he wasn't an official um, mentor or coach at all. Second time it was a really good friend. And the third time was a coach um just because I actually knew what a coach was at the final time I didn't know what a coach was the first time around um having that conversation was yeah was just great and actually it brought joy you know because 
when you see other people in the office or around you who don't look so happy or might have something on their mind you're able to talk to them in a very different way because you've had that conversation already so yeah. help others as well as yourself so really interesting there and obviously you're a coach now so you understand the benefit of coaching and um, we wouldn't say that you don't need to get a coach because we're both coaches and uh, we think coaching is important yet there are so many other things that you can do before you need a coach or if you can't make a coach happen at that moment in time is there are people out there who are willing to help and um, you know use your network use your friends use your family as you did d- different people and I always think if you you're right if you say something out loud it becomes less of a um, thing in your head you know we do sometimes I know I do this really blow things out of proportion in our own brains and we tell ourselves stories that might not be completely true and we give ourselves a really hard time and sometimes we might say something to someone and they, they might not understand what you need or need to do but they are more likely to say something like oh you probably need to talk to somebody like this or have you I get loads of people to say have you read this book or have you watched this YouTube clip or this TED talk because I found it really helpful and you suddenly get some inspiration that can lead you to action and I'd be interested to know your thoughts on this because one of the things I find when you get stuck and it even says it in the word stuck doesn't it is that you move to inaction rather than doing something yeah and you get stuck you you, you, I'm gonna use the word stuck again but you 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 stay in the same place and you go round and round and round versus finding a way out exactly and you're right that then the key to it is taking action no matter how small that action is it's taking an action and some people get stuck going well, I don't know what action to take having a conversation is a really easy one number one yeah um and just talking about if you weren't stuck what would you do and you know what does stuck mean stuck just means that you're frustrated really you're frustrated and that frustration is stopping you from doing anything because you really want to do something, but you don't know what it is. And, and you know, coaching does help you work out what it is because you know what it is that you really want to do, but you've kind of buried it so deep and put all that sinking mud on top of it. It's yeah. really hard to work out what you do want, but you're absolutely right. Taking action is the big thing. And for me now, I do all sorts of different actions because I, I, I feel stuck all the time um sometimes it's a big stuck feeling you know career transition wise and sometimes it's just little things much smaller things but it's the same impact it it kind of it's you go into paralysis you end up doing nothing you get frustrated and then you beat yourself up about it so when I feel myself going into that pattern of beating myself up you know the I should have done that oh I must do it properly next time or I you know I should yeah the big one for me when I know I'm saying I should have done this or I should have done that or I just don't know what to do. That's my pattern and my signal to me that you are feeling stuck. And so now I actually write it all out. I That really helps me as an action. Um, I write out what is it that I feel stuck about? Um, what would I do if I didn't feel stuck? What do I really want to do? You know, if there was no, for me, the big one is, if there was no failure in the world and you really couldn't fail, Sadia, and you really couldn't get this wrong, Sadia, what would you do? is one of my favorites for writing out and what I would do. And, and then I always have a conversation with someone and even if it's my husband or whoever, I have a conversation and then it's right. Three, two, one, my action is, and I take an action. Yeah. Great. And so great advice there. 
have a conversation write it out do spend some time thinking about it write down what you actually want to do get rid of all of that stuff that we convince ourselves of about failure will inevitably come versus actually this could be a good thing and it's almost then just take any action on that list just take one and do it and see what happens and see what momentum that gives you because once you've done one action when you're stuck I feel like the next action becomes easier and the next action becomes slightly easier again I agree I definitely agree um and the only time when I really use my my coaches and I obviously have lots of coaches too is working out what what you know what was this what was the gift in that being stuck because often there's a mm. there. there's like a secret power in there um, that's unique to you that wants to come out. And, and that's where my coach has definitely helped me with, you know, you clearly are, you, you enjoy public speaking. That's your big thing. And your role wasn't giving you enough opportunity to do that. And that's what you really wanted to do. And then you go off and do your public speaking and realize that just sets you on fire. And it's the one thing that you haven't been doing for 20 years and you really love doing. It's like little things yeah. like that. you can find out the gift um, in why you feel stuck. Because it is that, it's almost, it's like an internal signal from your body saying, oh, there's something that wants to come out here. You just need to work it out. You don't have to do that on your own. There are people out there to help you, but it's exciting. Yeah, and I wonder if um, over time, and it obviously it sounds um, like you now manage to know and to recognise when you might be going into this space, is I wonder like over time if you can practice this and practice it and practice it because that's how we get anything done is practice, isn't it? That actually that internal signal, we can change from a feeling of being stuck to a feeling of being excited about what's to come. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's what I have now. And it's a good job because as you know, when you have your own business after going from being employed, you have that feeling a lot. And so now, (laughs) (laughs) so that, excited feeling that you say which is really good um that's what gets me through now because if I just focused on that stuck feeling and it and I had that negative connotation with it um I don't think I'd be doing half as much as I'm doing right now yeah and I feel it, it maybe being able to understand and to work through and find out what you're supposed to do and what what this what this signal is telling you it's like your knowing is it's like your intuition is there telling you something and nagging at you to do something is how brave it could make you if you took that with you so you talk about some of the gifts that this stuck feeling can give you or going through that process is actually really listening to it rather than I feel like sometimes we, we we squash these things down and then they're so deep, aren't they? You said like before, they're so deep inside with all the kind of like mud on top of them, et cetera, is it could make you brave and bold and ready to go and do something different. And, you know, you've made big decisions in your career, like, you know, moving in house, you didn't know what that was going to be like, not experienced before, um, loving it, enjoying it, finding it great. And then, you know, you can, and it sounds like, and I might be completely wrong here, but it sounds like you still really liked your job, but you had this kind of nagging stuck feeling that you needed to do something different. Exactly. It was, um, yeah, it was a really brave move and I'm glad I did it, but it was, it wasn't, there was anything wrong. You know, I, I loved being head of legal and I loved my team. Um, I loved all of it, but I also knew that there was other things and more things and coaching in particular that lit me up 
in a way that my legal job just didn't anymore. And it used to. Yeah. Because it changes. You know, what lights you up today may not light you up tomorrow. And that's okay. But for me, I wanted to follow joy. I could have chosen fear. I could have said, no, this is a secure job. I'm just going to stick it, stick at it until I retire in how many years um, and just carry on. Or actually, I don't know what the future holds, but I know I want joy in my life. Um, I really want joy in my life. That's what makes me get up each day. And for me, that's what life's about is to follow the joy. And if you find something that brings you joy, and for me, that was coaching, then it actually became a much easier decision. Because, you know, when you coach each day, you say to your clients, choose courage over fear. Be brave. Be brave. Do what lights you up. And if I didn't do that, then it was going to be a downward spiral and something that I loved and a career that I loved wasn't going to end that way because I'd already found something that brought me joy. And it was different. Yeah, and I I love the... Um, what you're saying there about follow the joy and if you know what it is follow it and find it and um, hold on to it and it can change and sometimes I think we can all get a bit once I do this and and, and I I see it so much in the corporate world as, as well as in other places but where people are I'm aiming for this promotion I'm aiming for partnership I'm aiming to be this level of person or a head of or I'm aiming for this next career goal and when I get there I will find the joy and a lot of people then getting a bit disappointed because, you know, as the world is, not everything within that job is perfect. When you've achieved it, it's like, well, what next? Is that ability to adjust and understand and to know what brings you joy now, not what brought you joy before, and to understand that the work may not always be that thing. And you're lucky in some ways that the thing that brought you joy is something that you can do as a career that you can set up your business that you can do it some people will be finding joy and following the joy outside of work as well as in work but that helps them bring more joy at work because they've got something else that has it so I always meet people with amazing hobbies and interesting things and creativity and all the different stuff that people do outside of work or even like side hustles as well like people who do jobs on the side as well as um, kind of a corporate career can be a way of making that follow the joy happen as well mm, definitely and I, what helped me with with joy in my both my um corporate jobs really was what do I really love inside and outside work and for me it was food I'm a real foodie it might be that I'm it's the Bangladeshi origin in me but I'm a real foodie and I don't drink so alcohol was never something um for me but food was. And so whenever, you know, in both jobs, we always had great meals, restaurants, you know, team team outings, or we used to get people to come in. You know, you have cultural events, when it, whether it's Eid yeah. or Diwali or anything. I used to be always on the committee to kind of <laughs> make sure we had delicious food and kind of enjoying festivities like that. And I that's really got got me through because you'd you'd have bad weeks as you say but if I knew that there was going to be a meal somewhere (laughs) at the end (laughs) something social with great food honestly that would get me through it it's like oh no we've got the you know um I was at Oliver Wyman and they do these partner dinners where the partners take out a a team of whoever and you always go somewhere nice for these dinners and they have them every couple of months 
and that was a real highlight and then you'd have the festival meals as well so they always you'd have at least two or three great meals a quarter to be fair and I loved it and those events were always great because everybody is just so much more relaxed when there's food and people talk and that was they were real work joy moments for me and I, I'd encourage those. And I, I love what you're saying there. And we'll talk about food in a second because I think it is very important for connection and collaboration. Um, but this idea that because you're interested in it, you got yourself involved in the committee or the organising group or whatever it was that made these things happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a great way of finding some joy in an organisation is there is always some kind of network committee group that is going on that's always looking for volunteers and how much joy you get from working with different people and um, from being able to create something like an event or something fun or something interesting for people to learn about such a good idea it's great and then let's talk about food for a moment because we we got onto this subject of food and how it is one of those things so I think there are two things in the world that are amazing at creating conversation and joining people together and getting people to be a bit more human and for me those two things are food and music those two things I think always work but for you obviously it's the food side of things tell me a little bit more about when you're in that zone with colleagues when you're enjoying some food or a celebration or something what happens there that's different to our everyday lives so for me it's it becomes about the food. So it's not about me, um, which helps me. It's about the food. It's about talking about what we like. It's always positive things with food. You always point out, oh, that was delicious. Oh, what, how is that? Can I try a bit? And it just invites conversations. People relax around food, I find. Yeah. They really do because it's all about the food. And as humans, we all like food. And people who go to these events like food. If you don't like food, people wouldn't they, they wouldn't go to these events. <laughs> and you get much more diversity at these events um, because everybody likes food. It's not about um, an interest that some people like sports, some people don't. Um, everybody wants to eat. And especially in a work environment, people get very hungry and can't be bothered to go out and have the boring sandwich every day. So you get everybody going to these events. You get a really good turnout of people that you would might not have bumped into for ages, haven't spoken to for a while, or completely different people. And you talk about something other than yourself. It also then leads on to things about yourself. It's like, oh, I'd love to know how to make this. And then somebody will start talking about how they made it. Or, you know, you'll talk about, I talk about a lot of Bangladeshi food because I love it. And that's what I've grown up with. So that often comes up in conversation. But then you think, how often would my ethnic origin come up in conversation in a workplace it doesn't but by talking about those types of things it it brings my whole self to work I like talking about it and people who may have had the question in their mind you know where does she originate from may not have asked it but then you start talking about it it gets rid of that barrier and I you think you have that with food it opens up so many things because people will talk about the first time they had a burger or the first time they had this or why they like this or why they like that and they relate it to their out of work lives yeah which is key to bringing your whole self to work and key to having the conversations that talk about you as a human being yeah 
and I'm thinking now. I, I, number one, I'm really hungry. Um, having just had that conversation, uh, and I'm like, mm, what am I going to have next? Um, but I also am really interested in uh, probably a nice little segue here into how this conversation leads on to maybe some of your other work beyond the coaching into inclusion, diversity, facilitation of more inclusive practices and workplaces. Yeah. And I'd be really interested to know how that brings you joy and how how more inclusion in the world, which you know I am fully, fully up for, mm. how that can actually help to build more joyful workplaces. It's key. I think it's really key because when you've got an inclusive work environment, you've got people that will talk about what brings them joy and introduce that into the workplace. For example, when I often go into um, organisations to work out, you know, how they can be more inclusive, I sit with groups, um, their employee groups, and we talk about what makes them happy and what's stopping mm. them from being happy. Those are always my two questions. And and you want to do more of what makes them happy. You know, we often focus on inclusion on what's stopping people being happy. And you absolutely have to address those. But they're often the easier ones because you just address those um, on what's stopping people being happy. But what, don't forget what makes people feeling happy. And what makes them feel happy is um, having events where they can meet the people in their offices. Because so many people now go in, or, well, when they used to be able to go in, but you just work with your team. And you work with whoever you're working with on that particular project. You don't work with the hundreds of people in that actual office. You don't get to know the mm. hundreds of amazing people, and which is why you join organisations. It's not just to work with five or six amazing people, which is important, but you want to be part of a larger organisation and, and learn from many other people and chat to other people. As humans, we want that connection. And one of the things that comes up each time is events events where everybody attends and I always say every organization you need an event for every single festival because by doing that but for choosing Diwali, Christmas, Eid, Hanukkah whatever's going on you will be teaching people about every, all the different cultures out there different religions out there which are really important to those people who who are religious you know um you know, I'm, I'm Muslim and when there's an Eid festival or an Eid meal out there, I love it. I feel really proud. I love to have the food on a day that's, you know, a day that I'd normally be at home with family and talking about those things. And the conversations are very different at those events. So that's yeah. one thing I always say, please celebrate all the festivals. It doesn't, you know, people can bring food in if you don't want to, yeah. you know, budget's an issue. But celebrate all the amazing festivals that we have in this in this world you know, celebrate them. It's a one time of year that you can celebrate it for every festival. And that I find really helps with inclusion because people want, want to be invited to bring their whole selves to work, to talk about their families, to talk about what they enjoy inside and outside work. Um, and we need to kind of create the environment for that, for them to do that. And when we talk about what makes them happy lots of other things come up you know teen nights out etc all sorts of things I, I love it and uh, that question again is so important it's like it seems to be like the soundtrack to everything that's good in your career and what you do now is this question what makes you happy for yourself for other people yeah. asking it prompting people to think about it and I think it's such an important one and it's something that you probably wouldn't usually hear 
so much in the business context what makes you happy it's like you are people ask you what makes you work really hard and what motivates you to do even more work um <laughs> versus actually what makes you happy and how can we use that in the working context to be brilliant and to work together and to find amazing ways of working and what you were talking about there about you know the festivals and making a deep big deal of them what a wonderful thing to do is to just celebrate and mm. it, that's the thing about festivals they're always a celebration aren't they they're a celebration of something there's something that you know triumph of good over evil or um you know a, a special moment in time and something that everyone can get involved in and learn through and connect through and start to understand your colleagues in a bit more detail and a bit more human way and obviously you'll get more excited because they usually involve food too because celebrations always do they do and celebrations about happiness aren't they yeah and there's always joy to be found there so I love that idea and you know little things like team nights out or finding ways to do things with your colleagues that make you understand each other as humans versus as people you work with or people who work over there who I've never actually really had a conversation with um yeah such a, a great um consideration for us all and for organizations and I, I the other thing I would suggest here and is don't necessarily wait for if you work in a big organization don't wait for someone to organize those things for you you can do it in your team can't you, you can do it in your area or in your office or on on the floor that you work on or wherever you work in whatever context is you could agree as a team that, that you're going to celebrate all these things and that you'll bring in some food on each of those days and so often we wait for people to do these things versus just say let's just do it and see what happens absolutely and that one thing I've seen is people will say so it's Dubai this restaurant's doing you know you can get this type of food from here why don't you know, people go out by bring out get different kind of lunch that they don't normally get and they all come in together and sit down together and eat it there's one great yeah. idea that somebody had right just a way of making it happen and yeah. consideration and thinking about things so brilliant um so thinking about the future for you obviously you're in the world of coaching and helping people and helping organizations how do you get your joy now Oh gosh, so joy is such a big part. It's 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 much easier now to to kind of have so much more of it each day, which I'm very happy with. Um, I I spend a lot more time going out walking, and um, as you know, I've got a new puppy, which is just so exciting. Um, all joy all the time. All joy all the time, and we've got lovely parks and places we can go for walking. So I, I do go and have so many more walks in nature than I've ever had before in my career, and that's huge for me because I love it, and it gives me my headspace and my creative time and time for me actually, which is really nice. Just and actually, it's something. It's funny because it's something I could have easily fitted in in my when I had my corporate job, um, walking outside a lot more than I did but I, I didn't prioritize that but I do now so I go for a lot more walks and runs outside so I spend a lot more time outside which is huge for me um I still go out for my meals oh yes that still happens a lot I'm people <laughs> over food um so you know this year lockdown has been really tough <laughs> it's been really tough of course I've had my takeaways but you know not going out for meals has been tough um and I have a lot more family time so um, I've got two two children and we spend a lot of time outside and one of the big things that came out of lockdown for us was as a family we've got this new thing of playing hide and seek 
which we never used to really do as a family outside in the park but we spend a lot more time in the park now and play a lot more games um which brings me a lot of joy so i think for me it's still food and outdoors are my two common themes of bringing me joy and it's still the same even now but i just get to do more of it actually and and it's interesting you say that you could have done more of it in your corporate life when you were there but you didn't prioritize it and now it's almost that you've found a way to make it more of a priority within your working life and to spread that joy with your children and your family and the dog um which sounds amazing and it's interesting as well just thinking about the the theory of joy and how hard it has been for so many people around lockdown yet also how many people have found new and interesting things to do with their families things to do that they've not been able to do before obviously we're sad about not being able to go out for dinner as much as we would like to and things like that but things like games and having fun and playing and I always remember um Brené Brown talking about this and you know I love a bit of Brené Brown um talking about this thing that people who live wholehearted lives and are able to be who they want to be and be successful and you know deal with things in the right way and live with without the shame and things like that she has you know there's so much to talk about Brené Brown it's one of the things she says is that those people who are able to do that find ways to have fun to play to mess around to fool around and it sounds like you've managed to include way more of that in your life as well I have. And it was you're right there. It was very much a conscious decision. It's like, well, you're making this change. You can, you know, this change is something from scratch. So you've got to make it what you really want it to be. This is, and that's what I tell my clients every day, you know, prioritize your needs. And it's, it, it all comes down to self-care as well. You know, we've all got those buckets of energy that we've got to refill. Um, yeah. And how do you refill them? You know, joy and happiness is, is a big proportion of that, that to replenish that energy. And it's working out what does replenish your energy. And I was lucky that, you know, outdoor time and food um, and alone time are not difficult to do. Yeah, the things that are kind of accessible, aren't they? They're ready to go. You don't need lots of money or you don't need lots of time to do any of those things. You just have to decide to do them and then you can go and make them happen. Yeah, absolutely right. And yeah. And those things will be different for everybody, won't they? So some people were like, oh, no, a walk isn't my thing, but I'd love to go to a yoga class. Some people will be like, no, yoga class is not for me. I need to be creative and or play an instrument or, yeah. you know, draw or meditate. And whatever those self-care joy things are and I still think we need a new name for this like self-care thing I think it's even more important than self-care but I don't have a better word for it yet but that idea that whatever tips your bucket overflow it to overflowing is the thing that you need to go and do more of and build it into your life and make it happen so coming to the end I have some quick fire questions are you ready for them yes Right. First one. So actually in work joy context, um, so getting into the work versus the the wider sense of joy, what is one thing that you know for sure if you do it or you get it or you experience it, you will get some work joy from it? Delicious food. Excellent. Um, What book are you currently reading or would you really recommend to all of our readers? So 
I'm rereading Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, which I have comes out every six months or so. I love it. Can you say that again? Because I lost you slightly there. Oh. I don't want anyone to miss out. So it's The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. It's all about self-sabotage. And it's a oh, brilliant, amazing. Brilliant really good. I've not read that one. I'm going to put it on my list right now. Um, what is the best or most useful bit of useful bit of advice that you always come back to? Follow joy. As soon as you feel it, follow it. Love that. Feel it and follow it. Um, what is your one super practical bit of advice that our listeners could go and really easily do today, tomorrow, the next day, build into everyday life? that you think would help them get more joy in their world? I find a piece of music, a song or something that gets you into that I'm happy, joyful mood and play it. And then it's amazing what opens up for you. When you're in that joyful, playful, happy mood, it's amazing what joy and happiness you'll see. Brilliant. I always call that, what's your theme tune? What's the one that will get you on a dance floor, feeling amazing, dancing like an idiot, any of those things. So yeah, great idea. What's your tune? I'd love to know. I've got a few, but wh- I really like The Best by Tina Turner. That gets <sighs> me up every time. It's a classic. You can't go wrong with a bit of Tina Turner. <laughs> Definitely love that. Um, so where can our audience find out more about you, what you do, your work and all of those things if they want to hear more or get in touch with you? Oh, thank you. So I have a website, um, sadiasalam.com. I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram. Brilliant. And what we will do is we will put those links into our posts on this uh, podcast as well so that people can click straight through. Sadia, it's been fantastic talking to you. Thank you so much for coming along, for sharing your joy and for your brilliant advice there of feel the joy and follow the joy. Uh, It's such great advice for everyone here. So thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. It's been a real pleasure there. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. I think Sadia has some really great and interesting advice around what to do if we're getting stuck and how you might at the moment be choosing a bit of fear and not knowing what to do, but how maybe you could choose to follow some joy in your life. One of the quotes that she said that for me is really landed with me and one thing that is so in line with what we talk about in the create work joy theory of life and that's around the fact that what lights you up today might not light you up tomorrow so you can work on your joy right now and in in, you know tomorrow a couple of years a, a decade or so the same things might not bring you joy anymore so it's an ongoing piece of work it's an ongoing exploration to find out what gives you joy now and it's so important for us to all remember that and to be open to it so advice to come back to follow the joy as soon as you feel it try to understand it try to follow it and see where it will lead you i hope you enjoyed this episode of the work joy jam do go and listen to some of our other episodes listen to different speakers and find out different perspectives on advice guidance top tips uh, little things that you can do to help you create and cultivate some joy in your working life and do let us know what you're doing let us know the action you're taking what's inspired you 
on the Instagram or on LinkedIn at Create Work Joy. Thanks for listening.